Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears. Multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Hey, everybody. We've got one of our bonus episodes that came out a few months ago. Uh, for this week's episode, this is with Matt from Massachusetts about yes. traveling above treeline. Fun, fun. Fun, fun. So we're not going to release a lot of bonus episodes uh, as regular episodes, but this is one of the rare ones we thought was definitely worthy of putting out there. So yeah. please enjoy. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who doesn't believe that it's really Captain Crunch unless there's a little trail dirt in there to get that extra crunch. Carl? Mm. And really, how you doing, buddy? Did you call it Captain Crunch? Cap, it? I think it's Cap in Crunch. Cap, exactly. Okay, yeah. so you know, you know yeah. your stuff. Sorry, sorry. Don't, yeah, please, please. With me today is Derek Somerville, the only man that thinks traveling above tree line means you have to climb to the top of a tree. <laughs> Every tree. Every, Every tree. tree. Jump up and down. Across. Up and down. Yes, yeah. So, tree line tips, man. Tree line <laughs> tips. Tree line. You ready yeah. for this? We're going to let somebody else come with the tips for this one. We've got a uh, special guest, Matt from Massachusetts, who yep. is wise in the ways of traveling above treeline, even on some of the harsher mountains here in the United States. So, yes. yeah, so he, he joined us for this. And you, of course, did not make this interview, correct? No, no. I wish. He actually threatened to not get interviewed unless you were there. Did he really? Not did really. You, no, he didn't threaten. He was just he just really wanted you to be a part of the interview. Did you at, tell me when he was you were doing this interview? Probably. Probably not. Probably. I, just, I, I, I think I think I just at this point assume you're not available. You know, just Matt, Matt, just for the record, I think he just texted me and was like, Hey, I just did a few interviews. Uh, here they are. <laughs> Take a peek at them. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. So Okay, okay, let's be honest. Would you have been available? I, I had a wide open schedule. <laughs> I'm sure. <you> did. <laughs> okay. That you being never said, know. You never know. that being said, in the future, I think you are going to be more available for interviews, and we're going to make sure. I think I think you owe it to yourself to ask me. Okay. Every time. It's it's only going to be that much better. Oh no, for sure it's better. Not not even a question. Not okay. even a question. But it's just yeah, your availability is going to open up for season four. So it will open yeah. up. Yes, yep. I should be more participative in the interviewing <laughs> process, which I'm looking forward yep. to. All right. Well, I, I do have a Bible verse for this one. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. Okay. We don't see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us. So, pretty deep stuff right there. Yeah. You're getting real. Derek, yeah, it's it is real. real. How is the weather yeah. in your life going, my friend? 
tumultuous. Uh, no, it's uh, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. I'll say a bit of a. We've had some storms this year. Okay. It's been a tough year, but clear skies are ahead. Um, and I'm sun shining in the distance. Sun is brightly shining. Okay. Uh, not heat wave shining, but just shining. Right. So. All right. I believe. I'm excited. It. I'm, excited. I'm excited for you. So. Um, yeah. So we're gonna. We're going to hear about some times that actually Matt encountered where the sun was not shining in the distance and mm. it caused some problems, and uh, mm. we'll chat about it. So, uh, I, yeah, I interviewed Matt like a little ways back and finally caught up with Derek to, to record the rest of this show. And so, um, Matt makes one reference that kind of, you know, about our upcoming Wyoming trip, and that's since happened, obviously. So, we'll, we'll kind of unpack that afterwards. Indeed. With that said, here we go. We are here with Matt from Massachusetts. How's it going, man? It is going great, Carl. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, my pleasure as well. Thanks for um, hanging out with us. And yeah, you're one of our um, awesome Patreon folk that have been supporting our podcast and helping us bring new episodes out all the time. We just really appreciate you for doing that. And uh, we're just happy that you're on our show. So uh, you got a chance to suggest a topic. And so we're going to hit that today. You sound like your experience with traveling above treeline is that correct it it is although i will i will throw a um you know a caveat in there is that my my um experience is limited to new england so okay. i i do understand that you know hiking above treeline is going to be different throughout uh throughout the country different parts of uh different parts of the world um but i think just in terms of hiking above treeline definitely i've had a quite a bit of experience up in new england and up in uh, the new hampshire area yeah i haven't done a ton of hiking up there and so is there a lot of above tree line areas up there? Yeah, well, it's it's unique in that, you know, you don't have to go super high in elevation. You know, the, the tallest mountain is Mount Washington, and that's a little over right. 6,000 feet. Um, tree line starts at about 4,500 feet. So without having to climb, you know, for, for half a day, you can get above tree line, which is, which is right. pretty great. It's cool. Yeah, that is cool. Okay, right on. Well, um, sounds like New England, New Hampshire, that kind of zone, that's your stomping grounds. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's my area. I, I think I started hiking back in uh, like the early 2000s. Like I was kind of fresh out of high school and me and some buddies thought it would be cool to okay. head up to the Whites. We had never done it before, but we said, hey, you know, this, there's this big mountain. Let's go climb it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a great trip. We, we made it to the top of Mount Washington. But uh, looking back on that, we didn't know we didn't know what we were doing at all. Right. And Mount Washington is the one that kills people, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think more people die up there than than on some of the really big, scary mountains. Right. Um, it, it's the the weather. There's just the weather changes in in a moment and you just have no notice. Right. And um, yeah, it gets it gets pretty surreal. But I think that's also part of what makes it fun and kind of draws me up there is that it's pretty epic. And, um, you know, you kind of test yourself a bit. For sure. So do you, are you still hiking with those buddies? Are they still part of your crew? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've kind of moved, moved off and, you know, moved on, but yeah, we still get together quite a bit. Um, I, okay. I used to work at, um, Eastern mountain sports, kind of like, uh, your guys version of REI that you've got out there. Right. And, um, that was really what let me get into it because gear is very expensive. So it, it you mm -hmm. know, I got a little sweet discount working at EMS and, um, started buying some, buying some stuff and it kind of helped me get outdoors a little bit easier and, um, you know, meet some really great people in that industry too. Absolutely, man. That's, that's great. So I've got uh, just a series of rapid fire questions just to get to know, know you a little bit here. So first thing, what is your favorite gear brand? I'm going to go with, um, outdoor research. Um, it's a it's a tough okay. question because I've got lots of 
I got lots of gear, but I would say outdoor right. research, like especially for clothing, but um, I've never had any of their stuff fail on me and I've just had really good luck with it. Like every single piece of gear that I've bought from them. Really? Okay. Interesting. I'm trying to think the only yeah. piece of gear, I think I got a jacket from them, but I got a, yeah, I had a bivy sack that failed on me. Bivvies. Yeah. Oh, that's no good. Yeah. That's no I think good. it was, was old, but um, okay. Outdoor research. Interest one. Uh, first place that's on your bucket list, like where you're hitting first. Oh, like, like would like to hit first or am definitely going to hit first. Uh, either one, whatever comes, what's, what's first. Well, I, th- I think I'm going to go big with this one. I would love to do some backpacking in Iceland. Um, okay. you know, I think a lot of people talk about New Zealand or Australia and these other, right. they're beautiful places, but, um, Iceland has some, just some beautiful hiking and, um, I've, I've got some little kids, so it's kind of tough for me to disappear for an extended right. period of time. But, uh, yeah, I would love to get up there and do some hiking for like a week. Iceland's not that far away from you though. Right. In terms of like length of a plane flight. I suppose, yeah, I suppose as a crow flies, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. Like, I guess, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's new. Yeah. It's Northeast. It's Northeast from me. Yeah. I don't know if there's a lot of direct flights from like Boston to, Reykjavik or whatever but yeah it's, yeah <laughs> I would guess it's only like a three or four hour flight am I wrong yeah it's it's probably not bad now now that you mentioned that I've ever never even looked it up so now you want got me wanting to go and like look at plane tickets it's closer than you think <laughs> yeah well there, there you go so the, the trip might actually happen sooner than I think too yeah what like I'm trying to think of so what's what's the exciting part of it are you thinking um like they've got like a bunch of volcanic stuff geothermal stuff going on yeah just, it it just looks like you can, you know, uh, on a lot of these trips, you're going through like kind of like glacial pools and lakes and, you know, there's mm. those beautiful blue lakes and then you've got right. these mountains that jet up and then there's prairies and it just looks like you're getting a little bit of everything in one, you know, maybe one four day trip. Right. That's true. All right. Now, every picture I think I've seen of like Iceland backcountry does not have a tree in it. So yeah. would you count that as hiking above tree line? Oh, that's a good question. Put me or away from tree line. <laughs> yeah, just no, there's just no trees. Well, I, I guess, right. I mean, when I think of above tree line, I'm thinking of a certain elevation. So I guess that would come to play, but you're right. I, there aren't really lots of there's forests. Lot, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah kind of good question. But that's, good a, question. that's a really good answer. That's, that's, that's fun. That's a very adventure. Yeah. So, um, okay. Next one is craziest or most ridiculous thing you've seen on the trail in one of my trips to New Hampshire. Um, so one, one of the things to know about New Hampshire trails is that they, they don't believe in switchbacks. Okay. So, so when they, you know, when, if you ever do travel up there, you'll see they, they, they either go straight up the mountain or straight down the mountain. <laughs> and, um, and a lot of them are really steep, so right. steep to the point where they'll actually bolt ladders, um, in, into the sides oh, of the wow. rock so that you can go straight, straight up it. So we were, um, this was a few years ago. We were actually hiking down from hitting, uh, the, one of these peaks and up ahead, we heard some dogs barking and it's not, not totally yeah. uncommon to see people with their dogs out there, but we come down around this corner and it's like in the middle of this ladder section. And there was probably a good hundred <laughs> to 150 <laughs> feet of ladders. And there's this, there's this woman, young, young woman, with five five okay. dogs so <laughs> yeah <laughs> ranging and they like these aren't like mountain dogs these aren't the kinds of dogs that you're like oh yeah these dogs are like they belong up here these, these were like little terriers right. uh three little dogs okay. and then she had a couple of labs and a few of them are on leash a few of them aren't and we're like are you are you okay like there's a lot of lab and we're looking at the dogs and right. she's like yeah they're, they're fine with this stuff and my buddy and I just kind of shrugged and we're like, have a great day. And, and she 
she just kept going. So <laughs> I, I hope all the dogs made it fine, but I don't. I, unless she was right. like pulling them up by the leash, I have no idea how she was doing it. I guess I'm envisioning like a vertical ladder, but it's probably not vertical, right? It's probably just steep. No, okay. If, like really, really steep. Um, and the dogs are good. I mean, they, they can do that stuff pretty well, but some of these were, you know, like small, like lap dogs. Right. Yeah. And I guess when you first said, when you first said five dogs, I'm like, there's gotta be at least one or two in a backpack or something. Right. <laughs> no, she, she, wasn't, she wasn't carrying any. That would have, that would have been even better. Like a little dog head poking up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. Yeah. As you, I saw where you're going, I was like, are there dogs climbing ladders? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but no. it, it was, steep enough where it's definitely like are you sure you want to do this right right and yeah almost the way down might even be more dangerous right like i feel like you're you know you're shifting your weight in a different way so to, to me it is i mean when i'm climbing up a ladder i use my hands when you're going back down it you're, yeah. you're just like on the side of the cliff for sure that is a great answer that is awesome <laughs> um so, okay. So getting to the, uh, the heart of this episode, um, I tasked you with, uh, coming up with three things hikers should know or any advice you have information, et cetera. Um, when traveling above tree line and, and we can certainly note, like this is when traveling above tree line in new England, which has mm-hmm. lower elevation above tree line, but still like, there's still a lot of risk up there. And there's a lot of, you know, especially on Mount Washington, like just variable weather. Yeah. So, um, all right, what's your first thing? Yeah. So I, I think this will apply to any above tree line travel. So no matter, no matter where you are, I think this makes sense. But the, the first thing is to on a map, any trail map, learn how to identify what the tree line is or where the tree line is on a map. So okay. if you look at a trail map or a topo map, typically areas that are above tree line will be shaded a different color. So it right. might be, you know, shaded like a slight yellow color or like an off white. Um, and so looking at that, it's really important that, you know, what that is, because you might look at a map and if you're not familiar with the area, you think, oh, well, this, this trail looks nice. You know, I'll go check that one out when it could go over a pass or a saddle or something that really gets exposed. So mm. you know, first, first tip is to just know on a map what that looks like and how to identify that. Yeah. And I think that's good. Just like, you know, when, when you're trip planning, if you're looking at the map, you know, you just see the dotted line, but that doesn't tell the whole story. Right. So right. that just gives you another piece of the puzzle, I guess. So that's good. I like that one. Yeah, that's a simple one. Yeah. Okay. That's number one. All right. What's your second one? Number two is, uh, you, you have to prepare. And I, and I think this is something that, you know, you guys have talked about a lot, but you know, in, in, in going above tree line, you have to prepare for the elements because, and, and this goes for, for any mountain, but you could be standing at the bottom of the mountain, you know, it's a nice day, the sun's mm-hmm. out and then you start hiking, you're in the woods and you have that natural wind block. And then as right. soon, as soon as you move above tree line, there's just nothing there. You're, you're really, um, you're exposed. Um, the wind picks up, you know, mm-hmm. st- storms move in, you could be banked in, in the, in, in like clouds. So just being prepared, bringing, um, bringing windbreakers or jackets, even bringing like rain pants or something to put on, even if it's a nice warm day, right. uh, all of those things I think are super important because there, there've been a few times where I've been, you know, starting off a really nice hike and, um, you know, by the time you get to the tree line, there's like a, a winter squall blowing through. Right, 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 right. And you're like, well, I wish I brought my gloves. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's too late at that point. So um, just really preparing, even if it's a quick, quick hike, um, you know, just preparing for the elements and, and really uh, being honest with yourself with what you might need. Okay. So middle of the summer, like let's say like the heart of July yeah. in New England, you are going, you're planning a backpacking trip above tree line. Yep. 
like, okay, obviously you, you, you mentioned the windbreaker, but what extra warm clothes are you bringing? Are you bringing like a, a fleece or what, what works for you? Yeah. So even, um, my buddies and I just took a trip up to New Hampshire. Um, it was about three weeks ago. So middle, middle of July, um, the weather forecast was, you know, in the eighties, which is pretty warm, you know, warm for, for this time of the year up there. Um, and I brought, uh, some waterproof shell pants, a waterproof top. I brought a, um, a nice little wool cap for my head. Um, I, I just thought of this one. You're going to love it. I brought a buff. Uh, a buff is (laughs) actually, we might need to pause and talk about this. So the buff might be the best, uh, new England piece of gear because it can cover your, it can cover your ears. It can cover the buff. You could wrap it around your hands. I'm just saying like the list goes on and on for sure. It cannot. Okay. So we're going to talk about the buff for a moment then. I think in, in retrospect, I think people were not understanding my, the big beef with a buff. I'm not saying that it doesn't have a use. Like, of course, of course you can find all these uses for it. I'm not suggesting you can't. My, my complaint is that for what it is, that should not cost 20 to $30. Like that's ridiculous. So there's a lot of other options out there. Or like I mentioned before, cutting a shirt sleeve is an option (laughs) to save yourself 20 to $30 and you're getting essentially the same thing. That was my beef was the cost for what you get, I guess. That's that's fair. That's fair. And I think you just coined your first um, backpacking and blisters t-shirt. It, you should have a t-shirt that <laughs> says, what's the beef with the buff? <laughs> <laughs> the beef with the buff. The beef with the buff. So are you talking like a regular buff or like a, a wool buff? Like a nice mid to heavyweight wool okay. buff. Yeah, yeah. Because gotcha. it, it, it gets cold. And, you know, like your, your cheeks and your nose, you know, if those are exposed, um, yep. even if it's 50 degrees, which, which it can absolutely be in the summer, uh, on a mountain, you know, you get a little bit of wind, there's no trees to block that wind and, um, it hurts. It definitely hurts. Definitely. Okay. So since we're talking like clothing gear here, I'm going to ask a piece of advice for you because I've got a trip upcoming and we're going to be going above tree line and we're going to be, you know, we're going to be in Wyoming. So we're hitting higher elevation. And I had these, you mentioned the kind of like the rainproof pants or whatever. Um, I had a pair of those that lasted forever, but I had to throw them away last year and not in the budget to buy new ones. I guess they're, they're like 70 or 80 bucks now, I want to say. Yeah. So, um, so I happened upon a pair from, well, kind of a long story, but I happened upon a pair that are one size too big. They're size extra large. Okay. And so I can wear those for warmth, possibly for rain, but probably more for warmth because they're pretty lightweight. Or I could go with those compression, like running slash biking tights which are, I think, lighter weight, but they're not waterproof. What would you do? Oh, that's a tough one. I I think I'd probably still go with the bigger, baggier, waterproof pants because they're probably lighter because okay. they're just a shell. Um, so they're going to stuff nice and right. small. You most likely won't even use them, so they'll just be tucked in your in your pack. Yeah. I, I would use them for warmth, like at nighttime, just walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those waterproof materials really hold the heat in well, too. And right. that way, if it does get windy or it's, you know, breezy or it does start to rain, um, I'd, yeah, I'd probably do those. Okay. So even if you were going with some, pe- like putting yourself in this position, even yeah. if you're going with somebody, some people that you didn't know as well, you're going to look kind of like a goofball with some pretty baggy pants going on. You're okay with that? Yeah. Are they big enough to like tuck the backpack into? So it's almost like a reverse rain cover for the pack where it can kind of sit into it a little bit like a, <laughs> like, a like, like a, put like the a pouch inside the pants. <laughs> yeah. And then you get, 
<laughs> and then you get like bottom protection in case you're sitting down. Um, I mean, that could that you could be onto something. <laughs> um, they might be. They they might be. Uh, that's, the most, that's the most ridiculous. I'm just picturing that right now. <laughs> okay, I got to try that now. I think I'm bringing the pants just for that reason. Just, so <laughs> just to see if you can tuck stuff into it. <laughs> right. Right. Although if the rain is running, if it's raining and it's raining down the pack, it's going to go literally in <laughs> right, your pants. Right in your pants. <laughs> but if it's not raining, then that will simply draw the pants taut against my legs. And there you go. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> okay. I'm going to start running more advice, you know, by <laughs> prior to trips. That was good. That was good. You, yeah, you asked for it. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So you got the clothing, you got the map. Um, what's your third piece of advice for traveling by free line? So third piece of advice, um, this is going back to a time when, uh, we were on the presidential range, which is up in New Hampshire. It's, it's a pretty long section where it's all above tree line. Okay. Um, and it was, um, it was cloudy, really cloudy banked in. And I would say visibility was about, maybe maybe 20 feet you couldn't see very far okay and when you're above tree line you know there's no trees or there's really no footpath you're just kind of scrambling across rocks and so the only way to identify the trail is to look for cairns big big rock piles that are stacked up right um but when you're above tree line and it's you can only see 20 feet um sometimes it's hard to even see the next the next rock oh pile my gosh, to go for to. sure for sure and yeah it, it, if you get off trail you're kind of screwed, you know, you, right. you get off trail and now you can't find your way back to the last cairn. So what we did and it worked really well, there was, there was, um, there were two or three of us is somebody would kind of be a scout and go out about 20 feet. You know, we would make sure we could all see each other, but mm -hmm. somebody would go out a little further, look for that next cairn. And then when they found it, they'd kind of wave or flag down the rest of the group to go up ahead so mm -hmm. that that way, if that scout never found it, they could always return back to the group and we had the, the rock pile there and we would kind of start over again. Right. Um, cause it got dicey. You know, we, we honestly had no idea where we were going and it was just kind of rock, uh, like pile of rocks to pile of rocks, um, for quite a bit of time. And that sounds like the safe way to, to play it for sure. Um, yeah. but I'm guessing that whatever your point A to your point B was took forever doing that. Is that correct? It was, it was slow going. Yeah. Yeah. It was, but you know, you, you do what you got to do because if you rush in that situation, um, you know, you could be headed towards a, a ravine or a, oh, a cliff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it, it, it did take a while and, okay. and eventually that storm kind of blew, blew, um, blew over. Right. Um, but it was, it was smart and, you know, we kept our wits about ourselves. We didn't, you know, we didn't panic and we said, all right, this is how we've got to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was not, it was not fast going for okay. sure. When you, so when you were not the scout, you're just kind of waiting back. Was your pack on or pack off at that point? Yeah, pack was on. So okay. keep, keep moving. Cause it was pretty, you know, it gets pretty chilly and windy. Right. And so you kind of keep, keep moving to stay warm. Right. Um, but yeah, the people who were in the back, you'd always kind of keep your eye on that last cairn just to make sure that you don't lose it. Mm -hmm. And then it, you know, you'd almost kind of like, um, like yo-yo, you know, right. like keep, keep on moving and, uh, and it worked out well. For sure. Okay. Yeah. I would guess in trying to determine like, cause if you're talking about, you know, you're, you're heading out on a radius into who knows if it's the right direction. Or not. I guess you're, you're probably looking for clues to know if it's generally the right direction, like footprints or just kind of like natural, obvious, you know, way to travel. Is that kind of how you guys determine which way to branch out? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's always important. Know how to use a map, know how to use a compass, all of those things. And, but yeah, look for kind of the natural direction that the path should go in because th- right. that's one nice thing about above, above tree line travel is it doesn't tend to zig and zag as much. It's typically in a straightish line. Right. Um, so if you head in the kind of straightish direction, you're probably going to hit that next, uh, checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, every once in a while you go in the direction that you think it should go right? and you're, you, you know, you take 20, 30 steps and you're like, all right, this, this isn't it. Not this it. can't be it. For sure. And you kind of have to re- reset. Yeah. Is, is visibility a common issue? Would you say? In New Hampshire, I think I, you know, I, I can count. I mean, I, I've been up there enough to know that I'd say the, the bluebird days are like 10% of the time more, more often than not, it's pretty foul weather up there. Really? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. you could be a pretty tough backpacker then if you're heading out, like knowing there's a 90% chance you're going to get some stuff. So, yeah. wow. Um, I was just trying to, I was kind of doing some self-reflection as you were talking about that. I was like, how many trips have I been on where visibility was an issue? And I couldn't, th- I, I can't think of, well, the only thing I could think of is if I was like, you know, going at nighttime. Oh, that's not, that sounds fun. I, I've never, I've never done above tree line at night. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and, and not that we were, I think we were above Sri I've only done, um, you know, only a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, but we actually had a suggestion to do an episode on that. And I was like, I don't know how common this is because <laughs> you're, I mean, if you're trying to cover the miles, like, you know, that's one way to do it. But if, if you're looking for scenery, like you're not, you know, you're gonna see the stars, I guess, but you're not seeing scenery. Yeah. So yeah, I think the only time that, that we really do a lot of hiking at night is if we're trying to push heavy miles and it's just, right. you know, kind of what you got to do, um, just to get, right. just to get it done. For sure. For sure. And I think, you know, it sounds like the mountains out, out near you, out near the, you know, out in the West, it just sounds like the weather's more stable. I think depends. Yeah. It depends on where you go. Like you talk Sierras, definitely. If you talk Rocky mountains, you know, that's more variable for sure. So it's, I think it's like almost guaranteed you'll get a, you'll get rain, but it might just kind of kind of come and go. So it's not as big of a deal. So yeah, it's not going to sit there and stay, but, um, that was good, man. Like, yeah, traveling with tree line. Those are three really good pieces of advice. Sounds like you're really experienced with that and know what you're doing and, um, impressed that you came up with that kind of, you know, scouting it out on the spot there. Like that's sounds like you got some, some, uh, wisdom in your group there. So it, it worked out. We're, yeah, we're still around and we're still, we're still doing it. So I guess we're it worked. Around. We're still going strong. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay. So, so last question I got for you is, um, and this could go any direction, best piece of backpacking advice you've got for everyone out there? Uh, I think the advice that I would give just being somebody who's worked in the outdoor clothing and gear industry, and I've seen lots of gear and I've bought lots of gear and I've, you know, gone through a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't go too cheap on the gear. You know, I think it's very tempting on some pieces of gear to, to save, Mm -hmm. you know, save a buck or two. And I think there are definitely some good budget, you know, budget friendly companies out there that are, that are pretty, pretty sweet. Um, but, but, you know, you go on Amazon and you go to some of these places and there's a lot of these manufactured in in different countries and like, you don't, you can't pronounce the name. Um, and like, if the price seems too good to be true, it probably is, (laughs) um, (laughs) just, just because it's like. When you're buying gear, you're going to, you want something that's going to last a long time and you want to get quality stuff. So, you know, my, mm-hmm. my advice is, you know, definitely you don't have to go with the most expensive stuff, but don't just try to save a penny, like spend a couple extra bucks. Right. You get some quality stuff and it's going to last you a long time. For sure. Yeah. Read the reviews and yeah, um, do your research. That's a really good advice. Actually, the whole yeah. Amazon thing um, too that's a scary place to buy stuff. Cause you do have those cheap companies, like you're saying, where you kind of know, you, you kind of know what you're in for. Right. Yeah. But there's also, 
you'll see just kind of, you know, like they'll have like the main listing, but then they'll have like somebody else listing it for cheaper as an option. And there's a lot of knockoffs out there for that stuff as well. So, right. Or you'll see like the same sleeping, you know, five of the same sleeping bag from five different companies. Right. <laughs> and each one's like a little bit different in price. And you're like, like, what is this? I don't know what this yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. So a lot of times I tried, yeah, Amazon, if you know that it's, that it's genuine, fine. But yeah, a lot of times I just go to the source and, right. you know, whether it's yeah. the brick and mortar store or online, just the, their actual website. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah if, you, yeah. if you can get your hands on it, you know, go to a store, check it out and right. um, like, like go to an REI and see what it feels like. Yeah. Back when stores were open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. way way back when <laughs> way back when matt dude this is awesome well done you had some really good information and definitely some things for um derek and i to think about and respond Thanks, to and sounds like a pseudo challenge about putting a backpack in like tucked into the pants <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm glad <laughs> i i am glad that came up because now yeah. definitely something to, to try on your next trip that's right. That's right. All right. <laughs> well, uh, thanks for checking in. And um, yeah, hopefully we can have you back on in the future. Awesome, Carl. Thanks for having me. It was great talking to you. Okay. So, so yeah, Matt was suggesting that I wear the oversized pants versus the running tights. Did you agree with that assessment? Yeah, I'm going to go with Matt on that one. Um, okay. Do you, are you in the market at least for some new rain pants or, or are you just kind of, you gave up? I think eventually, but like, I don't know, man, they're like, they're expensive, you know? So you'd rather get wet. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather wear the oversized pants and look a little, a little dorky. Um, they, they weren't so oversized that I could fit my pack in them while wearing the pants. So that was not, did you need a belt? Did you need a belt? No, I, I actually attached like a toggle onto it that kind of cinches it down and okay. it worked well enough. So were they like MC hammer pants? What are we talking about? Just one size up, man. Just one size up. What happens when you wear something that's a little oversized? Okay. That's, that's what All it felt right. like. I don't, I don't do that. So I wouldn't know. You've um, never tried something on and it was too big. Uh, never. Not once. No. Okay. Yes, I have. Believable. <laughs> so <laughs> if you could have a free, yeah, a free set of pants that, does the job well enough i, I guess you know there's when, a key when you buy well when enough. you buy dude when you buy new gear like you get excited about stuff do you ever get excited about buying rain pants mm, where am i going i guess you know irrelevant no, no, really. no, no. point am I ever no i, I, I had thought about pants. it for i thought about it now no, i'm yeah. not excited you didn't, you didn't have time to try these on at home you didn't try these on at home you no i did you? i just didn't know how they'd function you know walking mm. around or anyway the one, the ones that I huh. recently threw away, I'd had for so long. I actually got for free as a sponsorship from REI uh, back when I did the Jamir Trail, yeah. twenty some odd years ago. So um, those last a while, but we do yeah. have an episode, I think, about like you know the importance of trying out your gear uh, before a trip. But um, you know, as you <laughs> mocked me for not trying my shoes properly, <laughs> maybe you try your pants. You yeah, know? no, I tried yep. them on. I, I wore, I did, I did the Derek style of, of gear testing, wearing them around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, if your pa- my shoes are hurting, that's one thing. If your pants keep falling down, nobody wants yeah. to see that show. So I'm just saying, you know, do us all a favor <laughs> and uh, tighten up the reins. I'm glad you at least brought a okay. cinch. That's good. Yeah. That's not what this episode is about, but thank you for the suggestion. Those are the realities of the backpacking trail with Carl. That's true. Very true. Um, So he, okay, so one of the things I want to talk about was he he described this scenario where he's hiking above tree line and there's a dense fog. He can't see, so he has Mm. people kind of doing the out and back thing to navigate. So have we ever had a fog issue before? Fog issue? No. 
Like I couldn't like where it was like a visibility. No, I problem. no, we've had fog. I know we've had fog. I I wouldn't say it was a visibility issue though. I don't think I, I don't okay. think I remember that. Unless you remember something I don't. Yeah. I, I, maybe there was some. I, it was pretty basic. Like we were. Go, I think I want to say we were going up to the top of a ridge or a mountain one time, and there was fog, but it wasn't like where do I go? It was like you know, there's one trail. It was pretty pretty clean. Right. So. And yeah, and they were obviously off trail using the rock cairns for navigation as, right, as helpers. Right. But I think I've definitely been on the trail with fog before, but not where it was like so thick that you know it was just. Right causing some problems so right i'm sure we'll encounter that at some point we, we have it on the trail with heavy smoke from like nearby forest fire but again it yeah. wasn't that terrible right right i don't think no i didn't really impede the trip right. terribly at all uh well, do you feel like he gets a should get a nickname for that though like foggy bottom <laughs> or foggy blinders or do i feel that way you're the nickname or... guy you're like non-stop nickname i mean i don't know just feels like foggy, foggy bottoms, bottoms is okay. flowing <laughs> anyway um can, moving on from that horrible he's actually a guy that might show up on a future trip so we'll see uh okay. all right so other question i asked him was you know like you know you get the guys yeah. kind of scouting out in the fog like doing little out and backs and stuff and i asked him if he, if he kept his pack on during that time and he kind of just nonchalant like yeah of course you know we're just ready to go <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, when i was course, picturing yeah. you in that scenario i was imagining you not being the guy that scouts, but the guy that's waiting pack off. Is that correct? Mm, at the trail, at like the... Just like, Carl, go ahead, in, go uh, see if, you know, as the trail goes, I'm going to rest right here, pack off. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think that's always me. I think sometimes, yeah, that is me, <laughs> okay. but I don't think it's always me. There's been times I've scouted ahead, like, to look for a campsite. You have. You're not going to be the guy who's waiting back the whole time. You're so. right. I might go pack off, too, though. Just just saying. I think, what's the record now you're going, and, and I know some of it's intentional, but nonetheless, I think it's, what are we on, like, year three or four in a row where you took the pack off first uh, during the Okay, trip? so yeah. this year, this past July, I took the pack off, I want to say, like, 200 yards into the, into the trip. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to not have this as an issue. I'm like, just to get just it out of the way. And then I recorded it, just to be yeah. silly, on our GoPro which is now at the bottom of a <laughs> pond. So, <laughs> yeah, there's no evidence of that, I guess. Yeah, any other takeaways or, th- or thoughts about traveling with a tree line? We've done quite a bit of this. We have. Um, not really any thoughts. I think, I think. well, you know, he mentioned some safety issues, right? I mean, that you should you should bring, like, the topographical map, or topographic right. map, sorry. And, um, like, you know, I, I would always say, like, know where your water source is, like, where are you, and stuff like that. So. Mm, yep, that's good. So... Uh, I think, yeah, and we've talked about lightning before. That's obviously a big-time issue. We've talked about it multiple times, actually. If you're going to be up there, what was that trail we were debating doing? It was like the whole thing's on top of the mountain tops, the, the skyline, something. Mm. I forget what it's called. Um, but I would say something like that. You know, when you're up there like that, the weather changes quickly, or it can. So, I mean, right. you definitely want to pack in layers or wear layers, I would say. Right. So. This might be one we circle back to because I think there's more to this story for sure, and I think it was just good to get his narrative from, like, the New England perspective since we right. – tend to focus more on like we have a western bias for sure you know because right. that's kind of where our stomping grounds are so it was just good to hear that and True. yeah just ended up talking to matt a while after the, the show just a great guy and a lot of good tips and so yeah uh hope to hear more from him in the future and thankful that that yeah, was just a successful interview thumbs up matt thanks man well done my friend well done i hope to see, I yeah. hope to see you soon too i hope to see him soon yeah we go. indeed indeed so um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have an update on a future Patreon trip as we discuss that in the, in the future. Yeah. And you sound motivated, like you're going to go on one. I want to go. It's going to happen. The heart, yeah. the heart's there. The, the availability is not. 
Right. So it's, it's coming. Right. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. So, I, that would be interesting. The dynamic for that would be interesting. What, yeah. How would you approach that? Are you going to like, you know, kind of be the showman, like the kind sh- of the center of attention at times? <laughs> Are you going to be um, more like one-on-one conversation, small group? Like what's, what's kind Carl, of your Carl, angle? Well, you don't understand about social you know interactions it's 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 about the people carl's it's it's about the people and so you got to right. read the people if they want to group thing well, we'll do a group thing they want it. i i think it's important though to break away for some one-on-one time i think that's where you really really dig in and, and connect with somebody for sure okay but gotcha. you know i'm a jack of all trades carl so as you know so okay. you're gonna get the full package with me okay <laughs> <laughs> all right we shall see how that plays out but I do have some trivia for you, though. I have some answers for you. Tree trivia. Oof. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping when you're ready for your next system log on to midwayusa.com the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history designed by john browning the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the u.s military from 1911 to 1985 while colt produced the original almost every major firearm company has produced its own version it's wildly revered for its reliability crisp trigger and is still a favorite for all types of shooters whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. We have not ever done tree trivia before, I don't think. We did did types of nuts, which came from types of trees and plants and whatnot. Right. That's a good one. That was one of the best trivias ever right there. That was good. I've got three questions for you. First question, can you name a deciduous tree? Um, uh, I want to say a any tree that's deciduous. Birch, a birch is a deciduous tree, or or a yes, yes. Do you know like a what a deciduous tree, tree is? A uh, deciduous tree. Um, I mean, I don't. How do you describe a deciduous tree? You always ask me like random questions. Um, <laughs> Maybe that should have been the question: Is what is a deciduous tree? These are like the big. These are like the big ones. These are like the big okay. trees. You know, like. So um, your definition of deciduous tree is big tree. Thick <laughs> oaks. I think uh, redwood. Redwood's a deciduous tree, right? Yeah. Je- Jessica, my wife Jessica's um, in the background. <laughs> She's giving me the face. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> um okay i i think they call it uh deciduous like why do they call it deciduous like what is deciduous trees my question and so far your definition is big trees look if all right do you want me to go do you want me to go smart okay. gear do you want me to go smart mode i'll go smart mode okay 
<laughs> Look, I didn't want to. I didn't want to come across as too pompous or arrogant. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the Latin root meaning of the word deciduous means. Okay. It means fall, Carl. Clearly means, off the top of your head, right there. You know, fall. Leaves fall off for the winter time. So yeah. All right. Embarrassing for you. Indeed. Um, I'll go easier. Yes. Can you name a tree with edible sap? Oh. Uh, I don't know if it's sap. But what, the honeysuckle? That's not sap, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> a plant. That's like a plant. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Maple. Maple tree. What are you talking about? Maple. maple tree. There you oh. go. <laughs> are you doing uh, these quick Google searches? No, no. I knew that one. I knew that one. Okay. <laughs> I was like, honeysuckle. Okay. All right. I'm going to go I'm gonna go even easier. Yeah, maple tree. Third, third final question. Okay. Can you name a talking tree? Okay. <laughs> I know where you're going. You're going from the trees from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh my gosh! Is that what you're going for? Talking trees from? Uh, uh, just what's your answer? What's your answer? I I can name the trees from uh, Lord of the Rings. Talking trees. Okay. Yeah. So you so the names of the trees in Lord of the Rings are called. Talking trees. And the in, the ants, the ants, <laughs> okay, the ants, the ENTs. I, I was thinking tree beard, but that's all right. Well, okay, tree beard, but <laughs> okay. the ants. That that's the race of the trees. All right, the ENTs. Yeah. Okay. On, on this is not a trivia question. It's just kind of some quick reflection. Honest answer here. Was this your worst trivia of all time? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I got all of them except the. Uh, no, I got all, well. I didn't get the initial definition. answers for all of your answers were so bad that like you should be embarrassed. I did Google. I did Google the definition of uh, the de- really the Latin root. Really? Shocker. Yeah, shocker. I know. Shocker. I know this is shocker. No, but I I knew maple. I knew okay. ants, and I knew yeah. But initial trees, answer, first response for every single question was embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To some. Or let's recap. Comical. Let's recap. So initial answer for deciduous tree was big tree. Initial answer for tree with edible sap was honeysuckle. <laughs> initial answer for kingdom talking tree, Lord of the Rings talking trees. <laughs> you know what's you know great? I realize. I realize this is why you need me because you don't laugh like this because my ridicularity provides you that joy in your true. life. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I always come back to the real you answer. Do. You, yeah, those, you, you process out loud. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, my friend. That's all I got. That's all you need, buddy. That's all you need. All right, we'll see you guys next time on the B and B. Keep it clean. Keep it sappy. Just like Carl. fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.